0: Hello and welcome to the Crystal Podcast on iCode Media. Today I'm excited to have a conversation with Dr. Adam Ramsey. This is the third time I've had Dr. Ramsey on, and he is always a pleasure for me to speak to and pick his brains. Uh, it's been a couple years now since, since we've talked on this, and uh, please enjoy our conversation. I know I will. As always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, share it with your friends, and support those who support us. So today I want to talk about the MyDay multifocal for just a second. It has been a really great thing in our practice for our patients who are presbyopes of all areas. But you know those tricky presbyopes are always the ones that are kind of emerging, where they don't want to give up any of their faraway vision, but they're having some struggles up close. And so what uh, the MyDay multifocal has been able to do for us is to allow those patients to transition into a multifocal more easily. And then as we have those patients progress into other levels where they need more ad powers it's been a nice smooth transition so the ultimate hurdle that we've seen in our practice before the my day multifocal was that we'd have patients who would resist any transition to a multifocal lens because of that distance blur. We just haven't seen that. So if you haven't started using MyDay Multifocal in your practice, I would encourage you to start, check it out, uh, contact, reach out to your Cooper reps for those trial lenses, uh, and commit to MyDay Multifocal for your patients. I think they're going to like it. If you haven't checked out Mackey Health yet for your patients in Category 1 through Category 4, I think there's a lot of evidence that you should be considering. The first is if we just look at AREDS 2 and what they, they talk about, Mackey Health is, a, so for patients in Category 3 and Category 4 um, AMD, MacuHealth Health is a great option for them that follows that entire, um, that entire protocol, and it also adds... Mesozeaxanthin to the mix which if you look at some of the evidence i believe shows me that it's going to thicken the macular pigment better than without mesozeaxanthin. it also uses the a correct a reds 2 dose of zinc uh, at 25 milligrams and so you don't have to worry so much about the potential side effects of zinc the other thing to to think about and it's beyond the scope of this although you've probably heard me talk on other podcasts is that in patients in category one and two there may be some additional benefit uh, to supplementing them with something that may be a little bit less than the Areds 2 so you don't have to add as much to it. And that's where I use the Mackey Health LMZ3. And so I think if you haven't done this yet, I'd consider Mackey Health in your practice and for your patients. And it's been great for my patients, and, um, and we really feel like we have the ability to uh, help those patients in all categories of macular degeneration. So Adam... Last time when we were trying to get this done, the tech uh, didn't work very well. So you were talking about ups and downs in practice and how, you know, it was back to school and things were getting busy. What I want to know is you kind of manage a bunch of different things. And, and one of the things that people always ask about is how, how I have time to do that kind of stuff. But I'm going to put it on you. How do you have time to do all those things? Tell me about kind of the stuff that you're involved in, uh, in practice, and then also within the profession that, that you're, you're juggling right now.
1: Uh, that's a great, great question. Um, I think, you know, people talk about time management, but you can't manage time. If it takes an hour to do a task, it takes an hour to do a task. It's literally priority management. What are you doing first? You know, there's a a great uh, video I watched with this guy and he's stuffing these balls into a container. And he's like, if you put the big balls in first, you have space to put the little balls. But if you put the little balls in first, you'll never fit the big balls in afterwards. And it just goes into say, you got to figure out what's most important. Do that first and you will fill in the rest of your life in the things you want to do. And when I realized that, because I was really struggling, and I still struggle. You know, anybody who's doing a lot of stuff, it's not easy, right? Anybody's schedule that's easy, if you're always available, you might not be the person I want to talk to. Because if you can always pick up the phone, you got nothing going on, which means you have nothing to offer me. So I like talking to people that are busy. I like talking to people that I have to schedule to figure out, because that's the person that I want to learn from. The person that I can always talk to, I don't really have much to learn from, because You're not busy enough in that regard. So I can't learn from you at that point. So for me, I'm doing a lot. I speak for like a bunch of companies, but I've also only spoken for the companies that I actually believe in. You know, I've had people, you know, reach out to me and ask me to speak for them. And I'm like, but our values don't align. I don't really love your product that much. I might use it here. It might be good for a patient, but that might not necessarily be who I want to stand up for you because do you stand up for me? You know, uh, it has to actually be mutually beneficial in in, in that regard. So um, I try to pick, you know, one company in each genre and contacts and in equipment and in drugs um, and uh, the medical side and then just trying to find the one that's the best fit for me. So I, I love it, but I'm now realizing I have to be more selfish with my time and being able to say no is the most freeing experience that I have that I can now say no. When I first started, I said yes to everything because I didn't know when the next opportunity was going to come. Anytime somebody requested me, sure, let's go. No matter what it did to my schedule, no matter what it did to my life. But now that I'm a father and a husband, um, I can't do that. That's, that's not, that's not fair. Um, you know, so when I see my, my daughter on the camera and she's screaming daddy, daddy, because I usually put her down and I'm in another city, what is that time worth? And that's where the hard part comes in is that sometimes companies and people don't value your time and the value I put on my time and the value you put on my time may not actually be the same. Um, So this is where I became more picky and more selective um, and having to, to, to find things that actually speak to me. And um, I love giving back and I love being able to impact other people. Um, So if the opportunity allows me to have impact, then I try to find ways to make it work. Um, but I've come to terms that I have to set boundaries within that. And I think when everybody realizes that, then you're in a much freer position um, and it's it's much easier.
0: You know, when I think about that, I mean, you know, last time, obviously, how's your daughter doing, by the way? She's your good. She had
1: up. her ear tubes put in last week. And uh, so far, so far, so good. Um, and uh, I'm really, really happy about it. Really happy about that. But I'll, I'll tell you something about that in a second.
0: All right. Do you want to tell so, me now? Not I can tell I, you know, I don't have a, a question,
1: but I can tell you now. So yeah, I'm, now. the day before the surgery, they call at 430 and says, you got to pay five forty three hundred for surgery tomorrow. This is 430 for 5 o'clock. And I'm like, this is going through insurance. You got to be sure deductible, blah, 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 blah. No choice. It's either that or you don't do the surgery. Yeah. They didn't tell me in advance. They said nothing. We get in there we go. The surgery was just putting tubes in the ear, five minutes to put her under, five minutes to do the surgery, and five minutes to get her out. 15 minutes. So by the time I went to the waiting area, I sat down, watched one thing on YouTube. They called us and said, come get your daughter. And I sit there and I say, I am not doing procedures that are expensive enough to value my time. I literally sat there and came right out and it said there is an issue with my value for time that I'm exchanging even in the office. Even when you sell a kid a pair of glasses that cost you 200 bucks and your cost may be 30 bucks or whatever, the value on time is not there. I said yeah. I'm like this guy spent 5 minutes and charged me 5000. Cuz that's what I paid. The insurance yeah. is paying something else too. So
0: yeah.
1: I said, I had to sit down. I rack my brain and I'm sitting there like, what is going on, Adam? This isn't, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for helping my daughter because I had to say yes to that. I didn't have a choice. Right. It was, she had six ear infections in five months. She was on every single antibiotic. They knew she, antibody made you put on an antifungal. Antifungal made you do this. You got to do the probiotic. Then yeah, it's a whole thing that I learned as a parent. So in that moment, what are you going to do? You're going to say, you're going to have to figure this out. And I came out of that saying, you need to find procedures or something that values your time more appropriately. The way I'm doing it right now, I make a good living. I have a nice home. I have a nice car. I go on vacation everywhere. Yes, but every time I don't show up to the office, I don't make money. And that's not a value for time. And the transactions were not good. So I sit in there and I says, I got to figure something out. So I go down there and I said, what, what can I do? Let me go through okay, I don't really like low vision. VT is not my thing. That I'm going through the whole thing because I was at, and this is all happening within the last month. So you're asking me, you know, I'm spilling this stuff out as it's it's processing. I was at a square lens conference, ICSC in Fort Lauderdale and everybody around the room was talking and they were like, oh, I I specialize in this and I specialize in that. And I was just sitting there and they turned to me and says, Adam, what do you specialize in? And I felt like a lump in my throat because I do a lot of things. I do a lot of things. I like helping a lot of people, but I didn't have that one thing that was my thing. And sometimes I feel guilty, you know, being the uh, I was the only black doctor in my county. Now I have one doc, but he only works two days a week. But He doesn't work for me. He works somewhere else. Um, so, most of the patients come to me. So, I try to, because they don't, and when I try to refer them out, they don't right, they want to go anywhere. Or I try to refer them and they never show up at their other appointments. I call, I check, mm. I see them back in three months. Did you go to so and so? No. So, I try to then take on everything. But because of that, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, because I don't have enough time to specialize in one thing, because I have to do the glaucoma and the dry eye and the cataracts and the floaters. And the contacts and the neural lens and the this and the that and the that to help everybody, but it doesn't let me plant a flag. And I sit down there and I says, I'm going to put my flag in the contacts, custom contacts, scleros, myopic control, whatever. And I am going to equate it to braces because I posted on, I posted on Facebook last week and I asked people that followed me. I says, hey, how much are braces? People thought they were responding because I wanted braces. That wasn't it. I wanted to know, what are people? And that people posted, I just paid five grand. I just paid $7,500. Yep. And then one person said, I had to do two of them last week for $5,000. And I says, they are trading money for a service that is, that has a need. And I says, I have to sell something that people want enough. They're not going to buy $5,000 glasses. But if their prescription for their child keeps going up and they're a minus seven, Would they pay $5,000 for the braces of the eye? And then I says, okay, now I got to create a program in which there's a need in which patients want it. And then now that I'm solving that need, so it's, do you want your your child's prescription to keep going up or not? Yes or no? No, this is the cost and people make a transaction. So I I, I said, okay, I got to have something. And this is all literally me trying to figure this out the last couple of months being like, I need, I gotta, I gotta find something else. And all the other stuff wasn't it. So I've, I've been, uh, going heavy on trying to, uh, trying to, uh, find a way to get my own little niche. Because if I really feel optometry is going to become a niche profession, you're going to get the VT guy. You're going to get the dry eye guy. You're going to get the PEDS person. You're going to get the myopic control. You're going to get the lens person. You'll get the ocular disease, tertiary care, optometrist that sees all the glaucoma people. You'll get the back doctor, whatever. But being the all-around or not having your one thing, I think in 10 years is going to be tough to make a living because they're not paying you anymore. And I mean, your I- cost to do business keeps going up. So if you don't go somewhere where you can go outside of that insurance realm, you're gonna be in trouble in five years.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you. you there's probably a lot of people who are in trouble right now, Adam. I mean, you, I did a I did a kind of brief podcast on this, and actually, Aaron Newfeld with um, ODs on Finance just posted about this again today. But you know, the the visibly slash alternative stuff. I mean, it's available. I think. I mean, on the one hand, I think. Patients that are going to seek that stuff out are going to be patients that are probably not going to find a lot of value in the services you're going to provide. And I'm going to provide until they really need it, like what you're talking about. But then um, so it is kind of there, but that's only going to get larger and patients are only going to get more and more comfortable with it as time goes on. So I think you're you're absolutely right. The, The challenge that I would have for you is. You say that there's sort of this silo for all these different things. You know, you're going to have somebody that's going to do low vision, somebody that's going to do binocular vision, somebody's going to do, um, you know, specialty contact lenses. But who's going to take care of all the other patients that don't want to see anybody else but you? You're still going to have to do that at a really high level, right? So it seems to me like you're already doing a lot of this stuff. You know, know, I know, I I know your practice relatively well from having a conversation with you. And my sense is that most of the things that you're already doing, you're doing really well. So you've sort of built, like you probably heard me talk about, you've built sort of these, these pillars or these silos that that you're able to take care of patients. And now this is just a new silo uh, or a new pillar, right? You have a patient that has a need. These patients don't need to keep getting more nearsighted because of all the downstream effects that occurs. Now you're like, all right, I'm all in, right? And you believe. Here's here's what I love, is that you I, I can I can sit and talk to you. And you believe that uh, you're the best guy to do that, right? Even though right now it seems like you got a lot of learning to do, um, but you're delving into it. You're, you're figuring out how to help these patients. You're figuring out how to make it worth your time uh, because it is a service that nobody else in your community is probably offering or go- going to offer at the highest level that you're that you're going to do it. And that's how you, that's how you build a practice. You know, I love it. I love that, that, that ambition to say, look, I'm going to do something different. And that, that something different is going to be able to help me take care of patients. And oh, by the way, it should really help me spend more time with my daughter and more time with my wife and, uh, and add value to the practice. Have you been good at that with everything else?
1: No, no, I'm not going to say I was good and perfect with everything It is totally a work in progress. I am uh, figuring some of this stuff out on the fly and I am trying to, to figure out, I, I, I didn't have the breadcrumbs laid before me. I didn't have the yellow brick road. Uh, you know, I opened my practice out of necessity. You know, it, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't that I had, every, I had everything figured out. Um, I use, I like, I read a lot of books. I'm listening to like 12 podcasts at the same time. I try to consume a lot of content. Um, most of it on 2x, you know, listen to it fast, Audibles, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I can't do uh, that;
0: my brain doesn't work that fast.
1: I I, I, I have to. I I, I I consume it quickly, uh, and then I go back sometimes and go back through it. But um, I look at the analogy that I that I've seen, and some I'm a picture visual guy, so it kind of helps me. Um, of the frog in water, and you can raise the temperature of the water for the frog one degree at a time, and he won't jump out, and then he'll just die in the water. But if the water was hot initially when he jumped in, the frog would jump right out immediately. Yep. And I think that is what ha- what is happening right now in optometry is that our cost of doing business is going up three percent, five percent of the time. And we're staying in there until we eat it up, until we can't eat it up anymore. And that is the hard part. So I don't think alternative or visibly or anything like that. My patients aren't going to leave me. Uh, they have that access right now. I have the busiest. uh Lens crafters in the country, two minutes from our office, and the second busiest Costco in the country, three minutes from our office. And I still do well. So it isn't, it is not that. It is that those transactions, they're still going to come to me and their VSP and their met and they're going to pay their $120 or $210 and get their glasses and leave. The cost to me delivering that service keeps going up. So Unless I and can the control reimbursement
0: my doesn't go up commensurately.
1: Reimbursement does not go up. But I was talking with my office manager, and I was like, "Hey, we need this HR health, and we need this, uh, you know, this thing, and HIPAA compliance, and this, and this training software, and we're doing this, and we're getting new uniforms, and th- and all that stuff starts adding up. And I'm like looking at it, I'm like, these numbers do not add up. Those things do not equate. So you have, we have to find something else. So I don't think. Those people do not deliver the service. You can look at my reviews online and people tell you the exam we deliver is not the same exam as everywhere else. So I'm not concerned with that part. I think I would have done fine just going $200 or $500 at a time. My issue is that I'm exchanging time for money and I have to, for me, I got to find ways in which I can give somebody a service that's worth more to them. And yeah, and because the other ones is not going to work. I still want to deliver the, the for the patients to see the 12 year old that just needs 200, dollars glasses. That's fine. I want to be the doctor for that person. But I also want to be the doctor for the keratoconic patient that actually needs that. And they go from 2100 to 2025. And I'm actually making a difference in their life. So um, tell
0: me then what. So in your process, let's let's think about it. I kind of want to process this out with you because it sounds fun and it's kind of the stuff I love to think about. Um, so I have an answer, you know, I could say, Hey, Adam, I want you to do these things. Right. And, yep. but that's not going to always work for your practice. So you have sort of, um, mulled over what your plan is. So how are you establishing the value? And then kind of walk me down the path of what that patient is going to do. So if it, whether it's a keratoconic patient or a myopia patient, um, how how are you going to establish that value in terms of a dollar amount and then what's your plan in terms of follow-up and, and those sorts of things give me a little sense of where your head's at right now
1: so i told my staff that i have to be busy and booked out enough that i can bring an associate on in which there's a the trend like to see dr ramsey is six weeks to see dr smith is, is you can see them next week and i have to have that separation if i don't have that separation everybody's going to choose to see me. Cause I see that happening when I go to visit expo and I'm gone for a week. If I try to bring a doctor in there, uh, if my staff gives them a pair of contacts to hold them over. So next week they'll wait. Cause it's not an emergency. Right? So if they'll wait a week for that, they'll wait a week for almost anything, you know? So unless I have a bigger separation, it's going to be hard for me to bring somebody in. And I've been looking to hire a, a, a doctor and everybody that I've looked to hire asked me for 200000 to work no weekends, to work no nights, to not be on call, to have benefits, to have a 401k, to have loan reimbursement. They're trying to make it an equal transaction. And I'm like, do you know you should be happy to work in my office? Not the other way around. If you want to come and work in my practice, that I put my blood, sweat, and tears in these walls, literally and figuratively. If you want to come here, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. But you're going to learn here how to properly do an eye exam, how to properly care and treat for your patients, how to actually be a part of the community. And that's not what you're going to get over there. And I've had a hard time finding somebody to, 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 that would actually understand the difference.
0: Where do you think they get that dollar amount in their mind? Like, where because, does that come from? Because I've heard that number before, and it it sort of, um, I mean, it seems like a lot. I mean, if they're not, they got to produce a lot in order to generate that revenue.
1: Yeah, I think you got to think about it. when they're in school. You have every single commercial entity going in there multiple times a year for four years. They have touch points. They've been told over and over and over and over and over. This is what it is. How many times does private practice go into a school? Not once with vision source, maybe once with VSP. That's it. So if you have 20 times these people say, I'll give you 200 grand. And you have two times that private practice goes in and says, come to me. Uh, you'll be great. It's fun over here. It's a hard thing. And they come out and they, all they're concerned with is the student loans. And they can't get over that. And I'm like, I got student loans. I got a practice loan. I got a house loan, a car loan. It's, this is business. This is life. Like, you know? Um, yeah. And then optometry is promoting this profession as the work-life balance profession. That is, Where is the that branding message. Where's that coming from? Uh, that is an ASCO message. That's um, an
0: ASCO oh. message?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, optometry mm-hmm. Gives, me, gives me life. Their message is, we are the work-life balance profession. That is what they're using in high schools. That's what they're using in colleges. I don't actually agree with that. But they're saying they're meeting the student where they are. The students want that. They want those easy Instagram living life. It's not the hardest thing. It's, you know, we can just have fun, profession. And I'm like, that works.
0: See that, But the the, the issue is- Are they doing the same thing in medicine and dentistry? Are you seeing the same stuff? I haven't looked- I haven't even uh, paid attention to asking. No, them, but
1: medicine. This is not giving work life balance. I want hard.
0: people coming to this profession that they're saying we're going to bust your butt. But when that's you bust your butt, mess. we're going we want that kind of person. That's someone Who's going to work hard and and we're going and and when you do that, you're going to reap the benefits. And the benefits. Oh, by the way, are going to be you get a you know you get to have whatever nice car, whatever nice business. You can take vacations, but look, it's going to be work. You're gonna, but you got to get there, right? You're gonna have to grind. We cannot.
1: Uh... That's not the message they're getting, though. That's not the uh... message they're receiving. So if you attract the student because you have numbers that are lower, right? Because we our, our acceptance rate is down, our number of applications is down. So they're trying to reach the to reach a broader pool of applicant. You have more schools opening up, et cetera, et cetera. You're trying to reach a broader applicant. They're giving it to them now. That, that that student comes in saying this is the work-life balance profession. Mm. Then I come back in and somebody said this is work-life balance. And I say, Hey, but are you willing to go to a happy hour after work and pass in my cards, shake hands, kiss babies so the people in the community know you because you're not from this area? And no, that's not getting paid. That's that's what you have to do. That's what that's what you do. You know, that's what yeah. we do here. Um they don't want to do that. That's not that's not what they that's not what they want to just make their money and go home and live their life, which is cool but it doesn't necessarily work in all instances, in all situations, unless it's you're the, not translate into the
0: big. Yeah. It's not going to translate into the big bucks, right? They, you, you could probably find someplace that's going to pay you the $200, a thousand dollars or whatever, but that's what you're going to make, man. Like that's what you're going to make. You're, you're going to be probably if you're going to, if you're going to take that attitude, you're going to go in, I'm going to work, I'm going to go home. Then that's what you're going to make. Cause, because business owners, um, because you're not going to probably, probably, I, I mean, I know there's people, but probably not going to, um, you can, there's a finite amount of time in that.
1: Yeah, there, there, and, there's a limit. There's, there's a limit yeah. to that. So it's, it's just hard. But I know for myself I, what I'm looking for. And I said, I'm going to create the life that I like and create the way I like to live my life. So I started off working six, seven days a week. For the first five years out of school, I was working everywhere, everywhere and, and all there. And now I mainly see patients three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mostly. Um, and then I'm flying around speaking, writing lectures. Before I got on here, I was writing up a lecture for optometry management management uh, uh, conference uh, in Disney uh, in December. So I make my I've made my life the way I like it. And I'm, I'm happy that I get to do so much variety, but I'm also wanting to hone in a little bit more but I'm definitely looking for somebody to come to my practice that I can find the right, the right fit, because this is my baby. I know 10% of the patients that walk in my office, I actually physically know they have my cell phone. Some of them have been to my house. Like I would have a drink with them. I would eat dinner with them. That is not common. Most doctor's offices, they could go a month without seeing a person they physically know. Everybody else is Mrs. Smith from the office. But Ms. Smith's never been to your house. Ms. Smith doesn't know your kids. Almost every single day, one of the patients I actually know. And the staff sees them and they're like, oh, crap, he's going to talk forever. (laughs) And it's true, right? So that's a different feeling of a community eye care experience where I'm actually in and a part of the community. And I know the patients. Patients drive far. I mean, I'm I'm in Palm Beach. Orlando is about two and a half, three hours up. It is not uncommon for... Once a month for somebody to come down from Orlando, from Key Largo or the Keys, which is four hours away. I got about 10 patients that drive four hours up, you know, so that's a different experience in my office. And that's where the the guilt has been for me in that I've been all things to all people. And then now I got to figure out what is actually best for my office and how can I deliver that? And as I do more specialization, be able to have another doctor to do the general stuff, um, is where I'm, I'm leaning to. And I just got to figure it out because I realize that current model is not sustainable in the long run. It's okay. You can do it. Um, I, I make a good living now doing, doing that, but it's not necessarily a sustainable model because the cost to do business is going up and you can't just do it on volume. And if, if a vision plan limits what you can charge there's nothing you can. There's nothing you can do if it's all co-pays. There's no ninety ten on on anything where you can charge what you want, but you charging you, you you're dictating what I can charge. You're dictating my cost. I have to use your lab. I have to use your frames. Yeah, that is a that's a no win situation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the story that you're telling is essentially the one that that probably needs to be told in in that when when we're recruiting um, new students. You get to live the life you want right now. You've described the life that you want to live, but but you you got to get there somehow, and it doesn't mean you're going to get there. You know, you get you got to get through there through the grind. Just like as you're adding new services, you're going to grind for a bit. You know, you're going to say, "Gosh, okay, this is what I think is going to happen." If I were going to encourage you, I would encourage you to start thinking about your time. It sounds like you already are, but I would I would say, "All right, well." You know you've heard me give this talk a million times but i would say look what's your average revenue per od hour right now what what what's the revenue when adam ramsey's in the office for an hour how much how much how much receipts do you collect on average and then i'd say okay this new thing that i think uh patients are going to want um i i need my average revenue for every hour that i spend on this thing is going to be at some level so i would presume that you'd want it higher than what your current one is and then, you, and then you figure out how much time am I going to take doing this? And then, uh, it, and then I would always overestimate that time early on. And then once you get good at it, then, then that bonus is, um, is yours to keep or yours to share back with the patient. But it can be super easy, right? Like if, if you were going to say, I want to do $1,000 per OD hour on this service, and this service is going to take me two hours of my time to do, uh, my clinic time, then that's an easy answer. Uh, If it's going to take four hours or five hours, or maybe you say it's going to, I'm going to have to learn this, right? So, you know, it's going to, for early on, it might take me three hours to really get this perfected for a patient. I'm going to do that 10 times. And now all of a sudden it takes me two hours instead or an hour and a half instead. And now that's where you really reap those benefits in terms of your revenue. And so anyway, you know that already, but I think just for the listeners, that's just really helpful to kind of think through is, like, for example, you're thinking about myopia management, orthokeratology, let's say it's going to take you, you know, your initial evaluation, you're going to spend a half hour. So your comprehensive exam, let's say it's a half hour, half hour for your initial uh, fitting consult. And then maybe you schedule back 15 minute uh, appointments, or maybe let's say it's a half hour appointments, just so you can monkey with it, get used to stuff, and that's going to take you. Uh, on average, four appointments. So maybe you add a couple more appointments in that so you're kind of maneuvering. So now you got three and a half hours, four hours of time. Okay, well, we got to set that fee. And then as it, as it doesn't take as long, maybe those follow-ups aren't a half hour, maybe they're 15 minutes. But look, Adam Ramsey's established himself as a as a, a premier myopia manager, and uh, and you can deliver that service total, in two hours, but you're collecting like it would have been four hours because nobody else can do it like you can do it. And that's that's exactly what you're talking about.
1: So I 100 I, percent I agree. So I sat down and I did some of that some of that math uh, that you're that you're talking about there. And I I looked at it and said, OK, what is it going to take for me to do this? So I, I'm jealous of dentists, very jealous because should be. there shouldn't be. So they no, they, no, they no. have
0: way higher anxiety than tell oh, look, look, and I'm i certain look, they have more look, anxiety than you.
1: They do. I hear it about the suicide race and all this stuff. But the reason why I'm jealous is that their message is clear. If you ask a random person on the street, how often should you get your teeth cleaned? Every six months. Okay. A random person would probably get that right. Would a random person get right how often you should get an exam? No. No, no
0: right? because we, we're not even clear about it. You know, I see, I see on, sorry to interrupt, but I see on, on kind of chat forms, and I want to I jump in, but the, the, to articulate this point is hard to articulate via text, but I'm going to articulate it now. I see people, they'll say, well, I pre-appoint people who, are, who buy glasses every year or who buy contacts every year. But the people that don't need anything, I just tell them to come back in a year. or And I really don't really want them to but I'll tell them and sort of, and, and so I'm like, man, what kind of message are you sending people?
1: That's because sending the, the value they get for their eye exam is not worth is the from time. Selling the and if somebody does not buy a product, it's not worth the exam time. And I said, that's where we have an issue. That's yes. where you cannot do it. My service, my time is what I'm charging for. The yes. buying the product is an extra. And see the difference is people can see that desperation, and they can see that out there, and that's where they get the a bad impression mm-hmm. of us. Now I look at I look at dentistry, and I say people know exactly what that is, and then I say there's a clear path in going from a dentist to an to an orthodontist. I looked it up. I says two years to be go from a dentist to an orthodontist. So I sat down there on the couch with my wife, and I says, Am I willing to devote two years? To my next craft, because I am seeing myself going from a dentist to an orthodontist. And I say, Am I willing to put in the time? Because that's what I see it's gonna take of serious commitment and dedication to be half decent at it. I'm not saying I'll be the best in the world after two years, but I say, Am I willing to devote that time? Because I say there's a clear path of, okay, this is where you wanna go, this is where, because even if you go to the dentist's office, have you ever been to a dentist's office where they did not offer you either teeth whitening or braces?
0: Yeah, I mean, most of them. That's what they're looking for, right? Never, because their teeth cleaning again. Their teeth. I've seen what what they submit. I see what they get paid. Nothing. It's It's as bad as bad as as. It's covering. It is
1: covering the cost of the uh, the hygienist.
0: Yeah,
1: they only make money on the braces or on the whitening. That's yeah. it. Or pulling teeth or veneers. Or
0: fillings or, yeah, or procedures. It, it,
1: they're, they're looking for something. But everybody in that dental office understands the mission. We are not here to do the teeth cleaning. They came for the teeth cleaning. We are here to find whatever else needs to be done. The, the x-rays, everything else is to find the something else. The problem in optometry offices is that people are misunderstanding what your mission has to be? Your mission cannot be to sell two hundred dollars glasses. We will lose our shirt if that is everybody's focus. But when you go into dental, office, those techs that make fifteen dollars an hour have no issue in telling me, Dr. Ramsey, you're on TV a lot. You should probably get braces. You know, it would be nice to, to Let me straighten see those out
0: pearly whites. Let me see them. <laughs> oh, they're not bad. They're not, they're not uh, bad. What I'm saying yeah, is, I'd get braces. I'd get braces. <laughs> I'm, I, I see it but, it, but what I'm saying is
1: these girls have no issue. And they yeah. say it with a straight face that it's $3,500. When would you like to come for your eval? I mean, with no issues. I mean, they're getting a team. You should get your teeth whitened, 1,200 bucks. With no, with no, yeah. you know, have you ever thought about veneers? We have the, the, and I mean, they say, because they understand the mission, right? Yep. When you go into an optometry office is, how many staff understand that we don't make money on the first pair of glasses from IMED or VSP? Very few. They don't understand the chargebacks because the lady in the back is doing the billing. So they don't realize when I get $400 on this IMED patient, I may have a $200 chargeback and then I may have a hundred dollars for the frame and I got a lab bill for the glasses.
0: Like you know what they, they, should they do? don't understand that. Yeah. What, what, what we should do. I've said this before and I would love to see this on max, although I'm not optimistic, but um, so on Vision Source Max, some of the tools that we use for those of you who aren't in Vision Source, but I would love to be able to print out and it doesn't just say you saved this, you know, Mrs. Smith, you saved this, and your costs now are this. I w- we should also said, and your insurance company is gonna get this. You know what I mean? Because patients don't think that. Like if if, if the patient's paying you four hundred dollars and the chargebacks are two hundred bucks, the patient thinks you still made four hundred bucks on the glasses, right? Uh, So I wish we had a tool that could say, okay, this is what this is what you would have paid out of pocket. That's great. Okay. This is what you're paying now because of your vision plan. And this is how much well and and of that this is how much uh, your managed vision care plan is going to make off of of buying glasses because patients are not aware of that. And Mm -hmm. they ought to be
1: that's why I separate myself from the transaction. I do pretty good at selling the glasses, but I try to stay away from the money because people Mm -hmm. feel like that's, you know, Dr. is going on vacation off of my $200. And that's not it. But like I said, I looked at that model and I said, okay, this is where I need to go. Because I sat down and I said, the orthodontist, these people are talking about getting braces. Imagine braces cost $5,000 and that orthodontist does 10 in one day. That is $50,000 of revenue. In a credit card machine, the in a single day. Yeah, I says name me an optometry office that has one doctor, not multiple doctors, one doctor that can bring in fifty thousand in one day. You'd yeah, be hot. Yeah. I, I, I would shadow them for a year if I could find one that did that. Like, so you you look at it, and you say, okay, there's something broken with our model. There's, there, we have to find another way. It cannot be this way. Cause I, I sat down and this is just me literally just telling you what I'm really thinking.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I, probably,
1: shouldn't, I probably shouldn't share this with everybody, but I'll, I'll well, share. You it. are now it's been recording
0: now. for the last.
1: Uh, I, I know. Minutes. I know. I know you guys can take <laughs> take take what I've been beating on my head for all these, these months and, and go ahead and do what you want with it. But I sat down and I said the model is broken. I sat on my optical and I said, I have $85,000 of my cost in frames sitting on this wall. I says, would I just sit $85,000 on a wall? I said, that is... Crazy. And I sat back and I saw we sold eight or 10 pairs of glasses that day. I saw that. I said, yeah, but I told y'all, you have 800 frames and y'all sold eight today. I says, I have $85,000 there for you to sell eight frames. That transaction is broken. I says, they're coming in, we're coming in to, to refresh. And every time they come in and refresh, I get a bill for five grand, this, that, and the other. I says, but hold on, if I have a product and I sell it for $300 and I bought it for $100, but I got to leave one on the shelf, so that one cost me 100 Every time you guys sell one, we reorder, so the other one cost me 100 <laughs> I only got 100 I said, that is it's that model crazy. That model is not working. I should get the frames for free. I am showrooming somebody else's product because I only make money when I sell it. But what I have to take risks when ever I asked purchase that? it. Huh?
0: Have you ever asked somebody to do that?
1: Oh, I ask them all the time. They look at me like I'm crazy. And I said, but I'm showrooming (laughs) your product. You know, even dealerships, they don't pay for the vehicles that are sitting on the lot. They pay for them when they sell them. They're getting a, they're getting, the, 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 Toyota is letting you hold them. And then they, like where else this model doesn't work? Because think about it. I brought in frame lines that I tried to, you know, I, I went to Italy and Mito and here I tried to bring in different stuff and they say it doesn't work. So I took a $8,000, $6,000 flyer on a product, and we sold four, five, six of them, and they become understock. Whoo, that is that you can't absorb that cost over and over and over. Because if you go into most offices and you ask them, let me go in those bottom shelves and ask the opticians, where are all the frames in 2020, when 2013 and they're over there, and where are the ones in 2016 and the ones you don't sell and they're over there? You keep that so you're using money that you made from somewhere else to cover this cost. So I've literally sat in my office. I've been having like a serious epiphany because you know I wrote the first book about how to open, and now I'm trying to figure out okay how do I because the model is broken. Our current model of doing business is broken. I don't. I haven't seen somebody and I try to absorb contact from everybody else and listen to all the speakers and I go to way too many damn conferences and I haven't seen somebody explain it appropriately and realize. And just say bluntly, the model that we have in our profession is broken. How we are actually doing business is not sustainable. We have to find another way of delivering care and services because my cost is going up. My revenue can only go so much. They'll only they only want to pay so much because they're being told glasses cost two for 89. That's the difference between us and other professions. Our price for services and products are put on TV and put on flyers where else does somebody nobody tells you how much i went and got orthotics put in my shoes i don't have i'm not he told me how much it was i had to decide on the spot if that was worth it to me i don't have a preconceived notion of no, what uh, that yeah. is they don't have they, they don't have that even when you have commercial entities inside dentistry they're not operating the same way we're not competing against it it is very difficult And how we're doing it, and the patient comes in thinking glasses should cost two for 69 So Dr. Ramsey's offering it for $400, framing lenses, he's overcharging me, not realizing that we're trying to express to them that my product is better, it's better quality, it's not going to fall apart, this, that, and the other. But they have a number in their head that we have to compete against, and other professions are not having to do that. So we have to find another way of doing business and get everybody in the office to understand how we make revenue. And I literally sit down, and I had my office because I used to pay all the bills. And they were griping. I could hear them griping, 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 griping about all different things. I said, "You know what? Hold on. Right, wait, 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 right here." And I went and grabbed all the bills for the month. I said, "Here's the credit card. You pay them." And I made her put down the. I I made her pay every single bill. We had a day. It was my admin day. We weren't seeing patients. I was in there doing payroll and everything. I made him pay every single bill. When she was done, it was like thirty-eight thousand dollars in bills. I said, "Any questions? All that griping stop because they didn't because they, they're siloed. They're not understanding how one connects to the other, and how you have to do that to pay this to make this work. And I think that's where the model that we have in optometry currently is broken. The tech does not understand the optical. The optical does not understand billing." We're not understanding how it all works together. And everybody feels like, oh, I did a great job at the eye exam. Those, we made $45 from that. That that was, you see, everybody in here that wants to make $20 an hour. It cost me $100 an hour. It's five of y'all. It cost me $100 an hour just for y'all to stand here. Right. That's not. That, is that it, doesn't that,
0: include your overhead or any of the other consumable or the technology that's in your practice or any of that stuff. I think you said, I think you said this really well. And, and I, I, um, it's, it's been kind of my, my mantra recently is you said with dentists, that dental exam is there to look for all these other things. Right. And I, I think that, I think for whatever reason, um, we have not been, you know, our approach when I walk into a patient is essentially in my mind, it is prove to me that there's nothing else wrong with you. I mean, you know, that's my that's my approach. That's that's how I was trained. And, and so that's that's when I walk into a pa- in, in, into a room and say, I'm going to make sure that there's no signs or symptoms that make me uh, more concerned about something else going on. And if I don't have that approach, then and all I care about is is I want you, I want to give you a good pair of glasses. Um, then I lose all the time. So let me ask you this, because I'm going to be respectful of your time, because I I messed you up last time. Two questions. The first one is, are you gonna are you gonna put in two years of work to do uh, to do what you want to do? Yeah,
1: I'm I'm the type of person if somebody tells me I can't do something, that's what I want to do. And when anybody Who told you you couldn't do that, well, nobody else said it. Okay, you you know Michael Jordan always used to get little slights from other people just to keep himself motivated. Yeah. That's kind of me. I okay, just I, I, I need a little. It.
0: I don't think you're gonna do it in two years. Don't do
1: that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> but um, I do
0: think you will. But I'll give I'll give you I'll give you that if you want it.
1: The current model is broken, so I don't have a choice. So it's it's the way it is now is broken. So I can't see that as an option. Going doing what I'm currently doing is okay, but that model is broken. So. Um, you can't, That I can't keep the status quo. I will be the frog in hot water and will drown. It's n- there's no way to keep it going. We have to do it a different way. And I haven't, I haven't seen somebody else show me clearly another way to do it. And so I'm going to go figure it out. I'm going to figure out how to change the, I'm going to figure out how to change the model, uh, because I not have to do it for me. Nobody's, you know, nobody's coming to give me a lifeline. So I got to figure out how to do it. And, and this is coming from a place in which I'm happy. I'm comfortable. Right. But there's a difference between the Adam, the business owner and Adam, the doctor, Adam, the doctor is comfortable, but Adam, the business owner has to look further on ahead and say, this model is broken, even well, though I've I can do that, it today though, but, and I, I can mean,
0: survive. Yeah, I think I, so I think that's what, what's, what makes me optimistic about, about what you're talking about is that I look at, I, if I think about all the practice owners, uh, especially like, you know, They're in their independent practice. They're super excited about what they're doing. Not one of them is stagnant. Not one of them. Every guy I know that's like really passionate about their practice, like you, they're, they're always looking for like, how can we make this better? How can we refine this process? How can we take better care of our patients? What else can we do that our patients need? They're all, and, and they, they reflect and they, and, and they're like, oh, I love practice. It's just, it's, It's great. And so I love that, that like you say, I'm happy in practice. But you see all these, like, potential problems, but then all these potential opportunities to make them better, and that's what will always make you uh, a great practitioner and a great business owner. And it's I, the infinite I, game. It's the infinite game.
1: This is the funny thing. Sometimes optometrists forget when they're in private practice, this is a business. There is no no other – organization or the company is supposed to make me profitable. It is my job to make sure that my four walls are profitable. It is not an insurance company's job. It is not a frame company's job. It is not a lens company's job. There's not an equipment manufacturer's job to make sure that this is profitable. And I think the issue is optometry was on autopilot in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. You could you could you you could make 200 grand even if you were a terrible doctor. You could just it was just okay. Now that is not it. You have to realize that we are in the business and we have to actually be a business owner and make business decisions and they're not easy and they're difficult. But that's the fun of the game. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed it's a, you're supposed to actually get in there and make some, put on your big boy pants and make some serious decisions and you know i i i'm i'm excited i feel like i feel like i got a new lease on life because you could do something and not have a purpose and me without a purpose that's aimless that's boring which is better one or two that is not a fun day for me but realizing that i'm making my practice better i'm making the lives of my staff better i'm making the lives of my patients better you know we brought in new orleans and it was It was one of those things where, you know, I I, I took a flyer on it, paid the money. Everybody says it was great, did it. I am surprised at the difference that it made in people's lives. Even myself, I sold it to them and then they come back next year and they're like, oh, no, that was the best thing I've ever. I've been wearing glasses 40 years. I've never I've never felt that good. And it's but being able to be in there and say I made a business decision that makes impacted somebody's life. And it, that is the fun of it. That's the excitement. And you got to figure out how you're going to change it. You're going to make it better. You know, every day I try to, to see how I can make this profession better for myself, for my patients, for my staff. And then I try to do things that are bigger than me, that are bigger than my community. Like when we talk about my, my Black Eye Care perspective on nonprofit that we, that, that we started um, before the pandemic. To see the students that are in school and thriving, that would, some of them would not have been. We found some students that, that had 3.7 GPA and we're like, why did you not apply? And they just said, I didn't know if they would accept me. And it was a confidence thing. They just didn't, they needed somebody to believe in them and literally just having one-on-ones with them and saying, you are enough, you are smart enough. It's okay, we're gonna be there for you. And these kids are doing wonderful in school. And to look back and they tell us thank you and they write letters and they, they are popping in and sending us emails, and we're seeing them thriving. It's it's that's why I get up in the morning. Like if it wasn't for that, like I I I, I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't just do which is better, one or two uh, smile, give people artificial tears, and move on my day. It has to be. There has to be more to it. There has to be something else. Um, you know, and I'm 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 loving that I get to do all those great things, which is what I love about this profession, is why I got into the profession. You know, that it was so much variety in what I what you could do every day. You know, I can think of myself, I could go into full-time industry and not see patients ever again. And that's I didn't even know that coming into this profession. I didn't know that when we got in. Nobody told us that you could do all this other stuff outside. They told us you were gonna go see patients. This is what it is, you're gonna give out minus two contacts all day. And that's what it is. And now I come out and I says, man, there's so much, there's so much you can do, it's so robust. And that's the excitement, but that message is not being told. That story is not being told. And that student that wants some variety, that wants some passion, that wants something unique or different out of the profession is not seeing that from the branding and marketing that we currently have. So we're getting what we get because garbage in means garbage out. And the people that we're getting in is from how we're putting it out into the world. But there is so much life and breath and so much variety in this profession that it gets me it gets me excited because I'm like, oh man it's gonna be it's gonna be better on the back end. I think we're gonna be better when we become specialists. I think we're gonna be better because we're gonna be better at our craft we're gonna be better we're better if I do the same thing over and over for one especially i'm gonna be better at it, and it's gonna be better for the patient. so I don't think the Jack of all trades master of none thing that we have. Crony in our profession is as good as it should be. Even ophthalmologists, the guy who does retina doesn't do cataracts, and the guy who does cataracts may not do glaucoma and may not do LASIK. It is a totally even them within their specialization have decided this is where this is where it is because I'm good. I'm good at this. And I think there's something to be said that we're gonna be better I think on the, on the other side of it. And the resources are out there for doctors to be able to specialize because there's a million and one conferences and it's content and there's industry and there's products and there's there's money being invested into the profession. It's just upon us to really figure out, you know, what's what's my niche, how do I wanna go to it? And am I, am I willing to put in the time? Am I willing to go? Uh, a little bit further and push myself a little further, and um, I definitely, I definitely think it's possible. So I'm, I'm excited, I'm not depressed. I'm excited.
0: I think uh, that's the way we got to end this, Adam. So thanks, for, thanks so much for doing this. I've got some ideas on the back end that I'd love to follow up with you about. But thanks for doing this again, man. It's been great.
1: Thanks.